My prayer for us today is that we hear God's voice as clearly and respond as readily as did these disciples in our gospel reading today. This series, I hope, is very, very practical. There are times when I want to preach on more theological topics where we explore some maybe of the more esoteric truths of Christianity and dig a little deeper. But this series, I just really wanted to be practical because I think every single one of us here wants to hear from God. And we just need to know better how. And so last week, we looked at some of the obstacles that get in the way of us being able to hear God's voice. This week, I want us to look at some of the different ways that God chooses to communicate with us. And, and I hope that you'll take advantage of the sermon notes page that's in your bulletin on the back of the announcements. You know, if God speaks to you today, write it down. You don't want to miss it. When we talk about people talking to God and God talking to people, it seems that some folks think that this is very mystical or, or somehow unusual. But the, the truth is, God is talking to us all the time, every day. It's not just here in church. It's, it's not anything unusual. Way back in 1966, some of you may remember this, Time magazine published an article with the headline, Is God Dead? And the next day, all these reporters lined up at Billy Graham's house. And they were knocking on the door and they said, Mr. Graham, what do you think about uh, this statement? Is, is God dead? And Billy Graham said, are you kidding? I just spoke to him. <laughs> the Bible says that God created you with the ability to tune in to him, to hear him, and to talk back to him. All of us are able to do that. Job 33, 14 says, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Job is saying that the problem is not that God isn't talking, but that sometimes we're not tuned in. It's like we talked about last week. Right now, there are radio waves buzzing throughout this room and going right through you. But if you don't have the ability to tune in, you're never going to hear them. God is speaking. His voice is around us. God wants a relationship with you and therefore wants to communicate with you since relationships are based on a on communication. He created you with that tuner built in, with that capacity to hear his voice. And God isn't limited to a single way of communication. Uh, and now the Bible has some really spectacular ways. I know I would have been pretty shocked by some of the ways that God communicated, and so are the people in Scripture. You know, God spoke once through a burning bush. God spoke through a great pillar of cloud. He often spoke through angels and through dreams. He even once spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Some of you may think that's happening again. These were exceptions, though. Not the norm. And sometimes we think when I'm hearing from God, we're, we're looking for the big and the dramatic. And what I want us to focus on today are the common ways that God will speak to us each and every day. 
And, and the first way, and the most common way, you could probably guess right away, is that God speaks to us through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize <clears throat> excuse me, what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, the Bible is not just a collection of wonderful thoughts and ideas from people. This isn't just an ancient reader's digest. The word inspired in the Greek literally means God breathed. It means the Bible is absolutely reliable. You know, yes, humans wrote the Bible. God didn't dictate it. God didn't send a fax from heaven. But God inspired all of it. And guided the hands of these writers to get his word across. There is no other book in the world like it. It will guide you, correct you, comfort and help you. There is no other book ever written in the history of humanity that can teach us everything we need to lead a successful, fulfilling life. Both in this life and in the age to come. But if you don't ever get into it, well, how can God talk to you? And that's why it's so important to have a daily quiet time. It doesn't matter the amount of time. But where you talk to God in prayer and you listen to God speak to you through his word. And if you're not doing that on a daily basis, then you're missing the number one way that God wants to communicate with you. Someone says, you know, God never talks to me. Well, are you in the Bible every day? If you're not reading the Bible, your phone is off the hook. God's getting a busy signal. You may need to explain that to the younger generations. <laughs> if I told you tomorrow that the President of the United States wanted to meet with you at 4 a.m., I don't care what you think about the President, you'd get up and go. When somebody that important wants to meet with you, you go. Now, even more important, God wants to meet with you tomorrow. God has you scheduled on his calendar tomorrow morning and wants a meeting with you, some one-on-one some -on -one time with you. And, and the great news about it is you don't even have to leave your house to do it. You can meet with God on the beach. You can meet with him in your backyard. You can meet with him over a cup of coffee in your breakfast nook. You can meet with him in your lazy boy in your pajamas. God will take you however you are. I had one of my good friends in college that nicknamed his bed the Word. So when people asked where he was on Sunday morning, he said I was in the Word. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that. But God will meet with you in your bed if you want. It doesn't matter. Just take the time to meet with him. He's waiting the creator of the universe wants to have a conversation with you on a regular basis. And if the only time you're in it is like every other week, then you're going to miss a lot. Now, I admit, the Bible can be a pretty intimidating book sometimes, especially if you're getting into it newly. But even for Christians who have been in church all their lives, you know, I mean, how many other books do you know that are bound in leather? Some of my non-believer friends don't even want to touch it. They're afraid they'll get struck by lightning or something. They've never seen anything like this. How many other books do you know that has a number before every sentence? It's kind of strange. 
And if you use some of the old translations, you have all these these and thous and lots of other words you don't understand and strange places and strange customs and strange names. I get that the Bible can be intimidating. But the Bible is the owner's manual for life. And we need to learn it. When in doubt, consult the manual. Ladies, nudge your men on that one, please. Because we need that. So how do I get started? I just, you know, turn to Genesis and start reading. Well, you know, that's fine. You, you can do that. However, it, it is my experience, if you haven't read a lot of the Bible, people who just turn to Genesis 1 and start reading usually get bogged down and discouraged by the time they get, you know, past Exodus. So what I'd really suggest you do is start with something in the New Testament. Start with the book of James. It's extremely practical, very short. Start with the Gospel of John, full of the good news about who Christ is, is God on earth. Those are books that can really help you. And then just, you know, pick a book you like and start reading. If you want to just read the short one, then fine, read the short one. Now, one of the key things here is getting a translation that you like. I mean, the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek, so you're not going to get the original, okay? Uh, Unless you want to take the time to to learn that, which is good. Um, But I suggest finding a translation you're comfortable with that's readable to you. What I use here on Sunday mornings is the New Living Translation. Um, I use that because I know the scholarship is solid. Most of the guys who translated the New Living Translation were my professors in seminary. So I know the quality of their work. I know they're solid scholars. Uh, I also like to use the message a lot. It's a paraphrase, but it's a paraphrase based on scholarship, not just on you know writing whatever they feel like. The message is a little bit better for just reading if you just want to read Scripture. The New Living Translation is a good one for studying. But just find one that you like. If you like the King James, read the King James. Just make sure that whatever you have, you understand it. And then you might want to get a good study Bible that has notes and maps and and all of these ideas so you can understand what you're reading. My favorite on that end is the Life Application Bible. And it comes in all different translations. has some great notes. Then schedule a regular time in the Word and learn how to study God's Bible. And there's a lot of tools that you can use to get going. Just pick a book and see how things progress. Whatever you do, just get in the Word so God can speak to you. Now, secondly, God speaks to us through gifted teachers. Have you ever felt like God was speaking directly to you during a sermon? That's the Holy Spirit. God often uses other people to share his word with us. First Thessalonians 2.13 says, Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. You see, God speaks through teachers and preachers. And it changes our lives when we listen to them. You know, I can say most of the major turning points in my life came through God speaking to me through someone else. A preacher, a friend, a professor. And I often look back and think, you know, what if I had missed that message? What if I had cut class that day? What if I had decided not to go to worship That's why I hate to miss worship. I don't want to ever miss God talking to me. 
And, and so I make sure, because I'm the one up here talking to you, I, you know, I've told you all many times, and it's the absolute truth, every single sermon I preach to me before I preach to you. I'm, I'm always preaching to myself, and I'm just letting you all listen. But I also make sure I'm listening to other preachers throughout the week so that I'm being fed and nourished and God is speaking to me as well. We all need it. And the Bible says God gives us gifted teachers and pastors to communicate his word. I've sometimes had folks after a sermon say to me, um, you know, after today's message, I feel like you've been spying on me at home. I'm not smart enough to think this stuff up, y'all. Seriously, I mean, I'm not smart enough to come in here 52 weeks out of the year and hit it on the head every single time. I can't. But God can. And that's the key. And so I pray. You know, I, I, I ask God every week, God, open my ears so that I can hear what you need these folks to say. Now, am I saying God speaks through me? Yeah, absolutely I am. And and. That's not saying that in, in an arrogant way. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed by it. I don't deserve it, but I have no doubt about it. Because God speaks through people who are willing to listen to him. And if you're a believer and you're willing to listen to God, then God will speak through you just as much as he does me. Many times you don't even know it. You know, how many times has a friend come to you for counsel and, and, and you've been able to share something with them that just really made a difference in their lives? And you're thinking, you know, where did that come from? That was God speaking through you. First Corinthians 2.13 says, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So when gifted preachers preach, you're not hearing their words. You're hearing the word of God. And I can always tell the difference when it's just me speaking, when, when I've gotten some burr in my saddle and I'm just up here talking, you know, people might say, yeah, good sermon, pastor. But I mean, there's no difference. But when it's really the word of God speaking to us, you can feel the difference. You can tell the difference because lives are changed. And brothers and sisters, I don't have the ability to change anyone's life. Only the Holy Spirit can do that and he can do it through you, too. But that's why, you know, the more. Teaching you here, the more opportunity you have for God to speak to you. That's why once a week is enough. You need regular input of gifted teachers in your life. You know, what if you spent six days fasting and on the seventh day you just totally pigged out? You'd end up with some serious indigestion, right? Well, that's what sometimes we do. You know, we, we fast for six days from hearing from God. And on the seventh day we try to gorge on it, but we can't take it all in. So we end up with spiritual indigestion. Make sure that the rest of the week you're getting some Bible too. Come to Wednesday night Bible study. You know, get in a small group. Get, just do something where you're in it. Now, third, God speaks to us through impressions. He puts ideas in our mind. When God puts an idea in your mind, it's called inspiration. When Satan puts an idea in your mind, it's called temptation. And both happen. But God is trying to speak to you. John 14, 26 says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. You see, the spirit gives us ideas and hunches and and gut feelings. Your most brilliant ideas weren't yours. They were from God. God's giving them to you. 
You were made to receive ideas from God. A lot of the things we think up, we just say, I wasn't that smart. Where'd that come from? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. So praise him for it. God gives you those ideas. Now, there's two extremes that we got to be careful of when thinking about impressions. One is the rationalist and the other is the mystic. The rationalist tries to deny that God ever speaks through our mind, through impressions. You know, God only speaks through his Bible that's been written down. The mystic, on the other hand, thinks that every impression that they get is from God. That's obviously wrong, too. The rationalist misses out on a lot. But the mystic who thinks that every impression is from God, when it might just be a bad piece of cheese, makes a lot of big mistakes. And they say, well, God told me to do this. And then they go bankrupt. Well, what happened? You missed God. Both extremes are wrong. So don't discount that God speaks through impressions, but also don't think every little rumble of your tummy is the Holy Spirit speaking. You look on TV at some of these people spouting some really weird ideas, and it tends to make you skeptical of God speaking. We'll never let a religious nut keep you from experiencing the real thing. Because any time you see the counterfeit, that's evidence that the real thing exists. Have any of you ever seen a counterfeit $3 bill? No. Why? Because a real $3 bill doesn't exist. Counterfeiters only counterfeit the real thing. You see, whenever you find counterfeit, that means that there must be something genuine. Whenever you hear false teachers, you know that there are also really gifted teachers out there. Whenever you find false leaders, that means that there are also truly spiritually gifted Christian leaders. Whenever you find false prophets, that means there's also real prophets. Satan does not counterfeit anything that does not truly exist. Satan tries to throw us off track by corrupting or counterfeiting the genuine article that God made good. So as a warning, always test an impression. Test it against scripture. No impression God gives you will ever violate what's already in his word. Test it against friends. See what their thoughts on the idea. However you need to, but test it. Don't make a decision based on an impression alone because it might not be God. And next week, we're going to talk about some specific ways of how do we test these impressions that we get. How do we know it's really God? Now, fourth, God speaks through pain. We don't change when we see the light and we think everything's going well. We change when we feel the heat. None of us really likes to change because we fear what it might do to us. But once the pain is greater than the fear, that's when we change. No pain is caused by God. No pain is caused by God. But God does often use pain as a way of getting our attention and speaking to us if we'll just allow him to. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. When you're hurting, God is yelling, hey, 
There's somebody here who wants to help. You can depend on me. Pain is never fun. But if you allow God to, God will use the pain to teach you, to grow you, to change you. And then it won't be wasted. If we just turn from it and we're grumpy about pain, it's wasted. If we allow God to use it, then it can be transformative. Why is it so important that we hear God speak? Well, there's some reasons. You know, first, it assures me that I'm in God's family. The proof that you really know Jesus is that you hear God speak to you. Jesus said, I know those who are mine and they know my voice. And if you've never sensed God speaking to you, then you rightfully doubt whether you're a true believer. Because when you first get started, it's a little bit hard. You know, God is just really talking to me. You're not sure if it's his voice. But the longer you know God, the more sure you become of his voice. When I call home, I don't have to say, you know, Caleb answers. I don't say, Caleb, this is Chris Perry, your father. He knows my voice because we have a relationship together. I don't have to explain to him who I am. And some of you know about God, but you don't know him. You have a relationship. You have, I mean, you have a religion, but not a relationship. You may have gone to Sunday school or church every week, but you don't have that relationship. You know, there's a guy who comes to my house every single day. Except Sundays and holidays. He's called the postman. I know he exists. I have the evidence that he exists. But I don't know him. I I know about him. One of the proofs that you are a Christian is that God talks to you on a regular basis. And that you listen and talk back. Many people think that God only speaks to super saints. Uh Uh-uh. God wants to speak to each and every single one of you. Whether you're a super saint or you're just a baby in the faith, it doesn't matter. Those of you who are parents, do you only talk to your smartest kid? I hope not. (laughs) God talks to all his children. Young believers, old believers, baby believers, grown-up believers. It assures me that I'm part of God's family. Second, listening to God protects me from my mistakes. If you listen to God, God will warn you in advance. Hey, don't do that. And you'll avoid a whole lot of mistakes in life. I can't tell you how many mistakes we've been saved from here at Good News because people are praying. And I can tell you a number of stories about huge mistakes I've made because I wasn't praying and listening to God's voice. I'm trying to make sure we stay open and we don't move unless he tells us to. If God tells us don't do it, then we're not going to do it. Even if the rest of the world says go ahead. If God says I want you to do this, even if the rest of the world says that's crazy, we're going to do it. We just have to keep listening to his voice. Every time I ignore God's will, I get in trouble. And some of you may be facing unethical decisions at work and God is saying don't do it, even though you're being pressured. Some of you are being challenged to put other priorities ahead of God and your family. And God's saying, don't do it. God will save you from a lot of mistakes if you'll listen. But then finally, listening to God is the secret to a productive life. The more I depend on God's guidance, the more successful I become. 
And success means knowing God's will and being right at the center of it. If you want to make an impact with your life, if you want to be effective, just tune into God and do what he tells you. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to tell you the safe thing or the easy thing to do. In fact, being in the center of God's will is often the most dangerous place to be. But he'll always tell you the right thing to do. Why does God go to all this trouble to talk to us? Because he loves you. Because you matter that much to him. Because you are important. He created you not just to take up space on this earth. You were made to have a relationship with him. And if you don't establish it, then you're going to miss the very reason for which you were created. Some of you may have sensed God speaking to you this morning. What's God saying? Hebrews 13, or three, excuse me, Hebrews 3.15 says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. No matter how long you may have ignored God's voice, Or ignored that relationship. He still loves you. And he still wants a relationship with you. And it's obvious some of you are in pain today. Some of you are feeling depressed or filled with anxiety. And it might be over a health issue or finances or marriage or a relationship. But others of you are in here. You're just worn out from trying to do too much. You just barely crawled in here this morning. Tired. Many of you are stressed out by innumerable things. Some of you are lonely and that ache in your heart is unbearable. All of these things create pain. Whatever you're dealing with, or if you're on top of the world today, God is saying, come to me. He'll help, but you have to have this relationship with him. You have to be willing to let him speak. So whether you skipped in here this morning or were barely able to crawl in, God wants you to hear how much he loves you. And wants you to take time to have a relationship with him.